When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hour three of five. That's right, five hours a day, five days a week. And it is Friday of Texas OU. That means we're counting down the hours now to the big game, the 119th meeting of the Longhorns and Sooners at the Cotton Bowl. Now, it's not the 119th time they played at the Cotton Bowl, but this uh, 119th time they played one another. And the final time they'll play one another as members of the Big 12 Conference as they say adios after this year and off to the SEC. Uh, we'll look forward to it. That's one of the things I've talked about with this game, why I think it is so you know, it's in the Longhorn favor for a lot of the reasons. Lines of scrimmage, battle-tested, um, have been in a big-game environment. Oklahoma players have really not so far this year. Cincinnati, that road game at Cincinnati, their biggest um, you know road environment that they've played in. Um, and, you know, the other part is I just – you know, people are – we're going to be a lot of talk this week, today and tomorrow, with College Game Day about the move to the SEC. Greg Sankey's going to be on hand. Uh, and that this game's moving, but there's so many players who play for Texas in this game who this is their last one. They're not going to be in the SEC. They're not going to the SEC. Uh, they're planning on either being in the NFL draft or their eligibility is up. And, man, that's a, that's key guys, right? Christian Jones at right tackle. Um, Quinn Ewers at quarterback. He's a guy that uh, is eyeing that draft in April as, a, as an NFL player. I think Xavier Worthy in his third year. A.D. Mitchell, um, you know, on the defensive side, Tavondre Sweat and Jalen Ford. Um, these guys, you know, are here and they're they're not going to play in the SEC. They're here to win this, and this is the final one. You can leave a legacy if you, uh, you know. Obviously, the the bigger goal is the Big Twelve championship, but to get there, you got to get this one, and to get this one would mean back to back years that you maybe turn the tide of this Texas OU rivalry, which has been dominated by Oklahoma in the previous decade. You now leave it uh, going in, in your direction on your way out. There are a lot of guys on this Texas team that are in that conversation, they'll never play a game as a Longhorn in the Southeastern Conference. This is it for them as far as the Red River game goes. Uh, so we'll talk more about it, obviously. Rod will get us uh, behind the burnt orange curtain. Let's get you caught up, though, to start the uh, third hour with some news, the uh, headlines of your morning to make sure you're fully up-to-date and aware as you get up and out. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. We start with college football. We're now a day out to that big game tomorrow. Of course, it is Texas and Oklahoma. Steve Sarkeesian yesterday, his weekly Thursday Zoom availability, did provide an update on the injury status of a pair of key starters for Texas. Uh, yeah, JT looks great. He'll be he'll be good to go Saturday. I think Ryan's going to be a game-time decision. All right, that's JT Sanders, the starting tight end, obviously, the junior from Denton, and Ryan Watts, the starting corner. Uh, Sanders, of course, left the first quarter of Texas and went over to Kansas. He's been a key weapon in both the run game and passing game. He has nearly 300 receiving yards this year, 
over 100 yards in both the Alabama and Baylor wins. Caught two touchdowns in this game last year in the Red River beatdown. Uh, third-ranked Texas. Ryan Watts, by the way, with a hamstring. He'll be a game-time decision tomorrow. Third-ranked Texas, 12th-ranked Oklahoma are both 5-0. and It's 11 a.m. kick tomorrow. Another uh, second major matchup in the great state tomorrow is down in College Station where 11th-ranked Alabama rolls in to face Texas A&M. That game at 2.30. Both teams are 4-1 and on the year. Both are unbeaten in SEC play. Winner of that game in a really good place in the SEC West. Also tomorrow, Baylor hosting Texas Tech up in Waco. That's a 7 o'clock kick. TCU's at Iowa State. Texas State will be at Louisiana tomorrow afternoon looking for a 5-1 and one start for G.J. Kenny. Also a big game, or at least a Big 12 game on the card tonight in Stillwater. Oklahoma State will host Kansas State. Week 5 in the NFL kicked off last night in Washington, D.C. That's where the Chicago Bears came to town and ended the longest losing streak in franchise history. They doubled up the Commanders 40-20 to on Thursday night football. Now just before kickoff, the football world and the team Learned of the passing of Bears legend and Pro Football Hall of Famer Dick Butkus. Bears proceeded to play some inspired football. Won the game, a game for the first time in 345 days. They lost 14 straight. They win last night. Justin Fields, 282 yards and four touchdowns. 230 of those and three of the touchdowns went to the wide receiver D.J. Moore. Boy, Chicago now 1-4. Washington falls to 2-3. and three. Full NFL Week 5 slate coming up on Sunday. That includes Houston, the Texans. They're in Atlanta to face the Falcons. And Bijan Robinson and company. Primetime matchup of heavyweights on Sunday night. That's the unbeaten 49ers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Week 6 of the high school football season kicked off last night. Some great games, including a great finish. Pflugerville scored a late touchdown to beat Waco University 30-26. to Buta Johnson edged Austin High in a district showdown 20-19. to Equally big for Vista Ridge. They pick up a big win over Westwood 26-21. Georgetown thump Leander. And top-ranked Westlake. After trailing early, 14-13 to Anderson, scored 53 unanswered, won at 67-14. Full slate of Friday football tonight, including a good one right here on the horn. The undefeated and state-ranked Vandegrift Vipers will face McNeil at the Palace on Palmer. That game kicks at 7, our pregame at 6.45. And the divisional round of the baseball playoffs begin tomorrow. Quadruple header of Game 1s, including the Texas Rangers, opening that best-of-five series in Baltimore. That'll be at noon. Battle of right-handers, Dane Dunning against Kyle Bradish there as your starting pitchers. AL West champion Astros host Minnesota tomorrow afternoon at 345. Justin Verlander for Houston. Joe Ryan for the Twins in Game 1. Both National League series will start tomorrow night. Atlanta hosting Philly. Dodgers hosting Arizona. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Some texts on the text sign say, would it be cool to win the last Big 12 championship since we won the first Big 12 championship? That is true. That is absolutely true. They would bookend it. Um, what a great finish. They haven't, had, they haven't won enough Big 12 championships over the course of that conference. I think that's fair. Oklahoma has really dominated that category. But, yes, to win the last one would be big. This says, does Quinn Ewers really enter the draft if he's not going to be in the top five quarterbacks drafted? Well, that's debatable whether he would be. I think a lot of uh, experts, would, if he continues on this trajectory, would mock him Ahead, I mean, behind Caleb Williams and Drake May, but not many others. I know Michael Penix is coming, uh, but Quinn Ewers is a guy that the NFL scout, the NFL community has been watching since he came out of high school. You know, when you're a five-star player, the highest-rated player in the country at that position, you know, they they, they they have taken note of the size and the arm and the things that the the uncoachables, right? And we say this that uh, last year the Colts took Anthony Richardson fourth overall. I mean, he has a bunch of flaws, right? We saw him at Florida last year. He's not a, fun, a final product, but at the same time, they draft the traits. They draft the uncoachables, the things that, um, you know, the arm strength and, and all the things we see from Quinn. So, um, look, I, I'm not saying he's going to be in the NFL draft, but I do think it's in the family plan for him to be. A, there's a reason he reclassified uh, his draft, his, 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 uh, 
his graduating class out of South Lake Carroll, uh, and I think it was with eyes on this 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 April draft. Now, it doesn't guarantee he'll be in there, but at the same time, if he continues to play as well as he is, if he puts up another big game like he did against Alabama, where Quinn Ewers was the uh, you know the, the talk of the nation after that performance against the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban, those are the kind of things that, that push up your draft stock. So we'll see. And he played great in this game last year. Um, he's already got a win under his belt against this team. Um, speaking of that, can we play uh, Sark talking about Quinn Ewers and his uh, big stages? That he has stepped up. The if Quinn Ewers does struggle, typically it's been in those games that are kind of off the radar. Quinn uh, against Alabama last week or two weeks ago, three weeks ago, against Oklahoma last year, uh, and big, even against Washington in the loss in the Alamo Bowl. Quinn played very well. Here's his head coach talking about uh, why he likes the big stage and the bright lights. No, I, I don't notice so much anything different. Um, you know, I think Quinn obviously prepares really well. Uh, always does. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, I, I'd much rather have the quarterback that can that can perform really well when the, when the lights are shining the brightest than the other way around. And so, um, you know, I appreciate I'm appreciative of that 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 he definitely shows up in these games. Um, but it's like anything, you know, we've got to have a good plan for him. Um, the players around a quarterback need to play well in game, right? It's not all about him. Uh, we need to make sure that we're playing really good complementary football with our defense and our special teams. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, it's not always about physical ability. It's about having the mental capacity to to be in the moment, to stay in the moment, and to stay focused on the task at hand, regardless of the emotion in the game. There's Quinn. There's uh, Steve Sarkeesian talking about his quarterback. Big opportunity. Uh, and certainly this is the best quarterback the Texas defense has faced in Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma. But same can be said for Oklahoma. They haven't faced this offense and this quarterback. Speaking of the offense, I think we all agree that Texas has an advantage in the running game. I mean, you just watch it, the eye test. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, almost 600 yards, leads the Big 12 in rushing and rush yards per game. Oklahoma, as we've said, doesn't have a running back to 200 yards yet. They struggle in the run game. Uh, Texas should have the advantage. Can we hear Sark talking about the chemistry in their run game? Because we know against Rice to start the year, he was disappointed in the the continuity of the offensive line. It's just gotten better and better. And Jonathan Brooks has been a beneficiary of, of what's happening up front. He's taken off the last three games here, Sark, on that chemistry up front. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the chemistry starts with um, trust in that the offensive line starts to get belief and trust in the runner that he's going to hit these runs where they're supposed to go. And then there's trust and belief in the runner that the offensive line is going to block these runs in a way that he can hit these runs where they're supposed to go. And, you know, I think that chemistry quite frankly starts with the coaches, you know, and I, and I think about coach flood and coach banks with the, with the O line and the tight ends and that chemistry with coach choice and, and tying all that together, we, we've got great staff rapport. Um, these guys have a lot of fun together. They work hard together. But I think that that bleeds into the players' rapport with one another, too. They feel that. They feel when coaches are are working well together and tied together and, and communicating on the same page. And um, I think it, it all plays a part to, hey, this thing's going to work, and here's why. And when it doesn't, okay, this is what's got to get fixed and we'll get it fixed quickly and, and we'll probably come back to it later in the game. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, in this rivalry, been to it many, many times. So if you folks out there, if you are watching it, the, the team that runs the ball, wins the line of scrimmage, almost always wins the game because uh, they stay ahead of the chains, they control the ground. 
uh, avoid turnovers most of the time. The team that turns it over typically isn't running the ball and having to, you know, you know, throw the ball on second and third and long. That's typically where these things these turn. And, and Texas, if they continue uh, with the the big humans up front, we had Jerry Hamilton talking about that last hour. How about Sark on the OU run defense? Though it certainly is improved versus what it was a year ago. Here's Sark. Um, well, I think one, it starts with their scheme. Uh, you know, coach Venable does a really nice job of, of, of scheming. Um, they, they do a really good job of moving their front. Uh, you know, they, they slant, they stunt, they move, and they've got really heady linebackers, you know, um, both their inside backers have a good feel for how to fit runs predicated on, uh, the fronts that they have called and the movements that they have called. Um, and then in the back end, they've got good speed at the safety spot. And, and those guys, if a run does get out, they have the speed and the ability to get the runner on the ground so that, that he can't, you know, go score on the long touchdown run. So I think it's a multitude of things. Um, so yeah, they're good for sure. They are good. Uh, speaking of uh, the injury situation, Texas's defense against Dylan Gabriel. He's one of the best deep passers in all of college football. His percentages, we've told you, between the hash marks, he's over 62% this year completion. So they attack the middle of the field. They attack your safeties when they spread the field with those in that, uh, you know, veer, you know, spread veer option that they run in that, that offense. It's the Art Bryles offense, essentially, with the four wide receivers way outside the hash marks and, you know, Kendall Bryles still runs it at TCU, and now Jeff Lebby's running it. Uh, of course, Art Bryles' son-in-law, he's the OC for Oklahoma. But that means cornerback play has to be big, right? Defensive back play. You feel good about the Jade Barron, Jalen Catalan group, but then, you know, the other safety position has struggled at times. Ryan Watts is a game-time decision, as Sark said, with a hamstring. Here's Sark talking about what they need from their cornerbacks when they get into this rivalry game tomorrow. I think we're playing well. You know, obviously we, we've given up a couple couple deep balls here last couple weeks, but really the one last week against Kansas was on uh, at the safety spot. It was out of the slot position, but I think our cornerbacks have played well. Um, you know, I think our pass defense has performed well, and I think that's a combination of uh, the pass rush to go along with the coverages. Um, you know, and I think we're close to making a few more plays than that we've made. So, um, I, I like the I like the emergence of where Terrence Brooks is at in year two. Um, I like the like where Gavin Holmes and what he's done early on now since he's transferred. I like where Manny Muhammad is at with what he's doing. Um, so so ultimately, you know uh, that that combination of the corner play to go along with our nickels. I think we have some pretty good players there. All right, so corner play will be important even if Ryan Watts can't go. Manny Muhammad, Terrence Brooks, and those guys uh, are shut down corner. How was your interview with? That was perfect uh, timing. How was your inter- How was your interview over there? Doing good. It was good. It was good. Toby Rowland. Toby Rowland. I love Toby Rowland. I've been doing that thing for like ten years. So, and I agreed before the format changed. So it's kind of a tradition. That's fine. That's fine. We just so, listen to Sark talk about uh, running game and uh, running game continuity. Cornerbacks. Too, huh? Cornerbacks. That's and, perfect uh, timing because I was just talking about cornerbacks actually uh, with Toby Rowland because I think that's one of the places cornerback. Just because the Toby injury Rowland Ryan is, Watts. is from the OU side of this rivalry. Yes, uh, T. Rose up there in Oklahoma. Um, and I was talking about the cornerback position. Listen, Terrence Brooks right now is probably your most consistent cornerback. He's been great. Here's the Terrence Brooks stat. Shout out to, shout out to my man C.J. Vogel at Football Brainiacs. He right now among Big 12 cornerbacks who have been targeted at least 10 times. There have been 91 DBs. He is first in completion percentage allowed. First in yards allowed, first in yards having to catch allowed, and eighth in passer rating allowed, 39.6. He's, 
he's going to emerge as an All-American corner before his days. And I, I'm not saying that with, with hyperbole, Rob, an All-American caliber corner. I know you agree with that. Oh, yeah. With his upbringing and his training and his talent. His and dad. His father was the man who named the wrecking crew. Uh, and I, I worked with his dad, actually, and shout out to uh, Anthony Williams at one of his football camps and came away, and you guys know after that I came away as a huge Terrence Brooks fan because not only did I like his film, but now I know what his DNA is all about and his football character. I know where that comes from. And I came on saying, now he's going to he's going to earn the starting spot. But I said, he's actually going to be one of your most consistent DBs, and he's been that. So you ain't got to worry about him. My worry is that Ryan, at Ryan Watts and Malik Muhammad. I like Malik Muhammad. He's actually going to be a fantastic corner, too. I'm talking about an NFL Sunday skill set. But he's young and inexperienced. So is Terrence Brooks, by the way. He's, he's Both inexperienced. Both Metroplex guys. Yeah, they, those guys are inexperienced. I get that. Um, and so they may come after him in one of the... I would say one of the advantages that Oklahoma has is that they are really good at throwing the deep ball and completing the deep ball, and I think they're going to go after that boundary corner, Ryan Watts, because of the injury, and Malik Muhammad because of inexperience. I think they'll go after those guys early, and they'll go after some of those safeties early. So cornerback play is going to be big in this game. No question about that. It's going to be huge because that's where they've upgraded a lot, Uh, Ian. You talked about it. Wide receiver and the speed at wide receiver for Oklahoma, it may shock. It may shock Texas because I think they got more speed at wide receiver even than Bama. Yeah, I think so too. Well, yeah, and I, and they I, did. Especially with the emergence of the freshman from Katie, Katie High, uh, mm-hmm. Nick Anderson. He's 6'4, but he can really run. Uh, Andrell Anderson, the kid from Michigan that transferred in, he's yep. a real good player. No, they've done a good job. They needed to. They were really bad last year. And you they said were, they were slow. They were slow. Oh, my gosh. They were slow on defense and offense, I thought. Uh, it was just being at the Cotton Bowl last year was just a mismatch of speed. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, but now Texas is. I think Texas is even faster this year. The addition of AD Mitchell has made them even more explosive, and their offensive lines a year better. So, yes, Oklahoma is much improved, but I think Texas is much improved. So, um, I don't know that it's you know, forty nine points different, but at the same time, I like the Longhorns by ten in this game. I've said that I like thirty four twenty four. The quarterback the position makes a huge difference. I mean, they, oh, did, sure they, they literally didn't even have a quarterback last season. Yeah, they didn't season. have any semblance that's, of an offense. That's why it got really out of control. Sure. I think if they had at least a quarterback that can play the position at a competent level, that would have been okay. They didn't have guys that can even hand off the football. Yeah, there was a for – the, for the, even for Oklahoma, and I know you don't – there's no there's no crying in football, but they, even, no. the, even that team gave in because they realized their offense – No shot. I mean, the, the defensive guys can look over there and go, oh, my God. That's what we're doing on offense. We're running like the single wing. Yeah, it's like, dude, can we get this thing over with? Can we get yeah, the mercy get clock going? This uh, is ugly. <laughs> so I, I do, but I just I think because of that, because of the way everything worked out last season, I do think the first. I, I just got to finish the first quarter for Oklahoma. They're coming out with everything they got. I think they're coming out, you know, pretty much with exotics. I think they're gonna throw the kitchen sink at Texas gangbusters because they know you got to match energy of Sark. Sark, his opening script in these games against Oklahoma have been fantastic, and even against Oklahoma, it was sorry against Alabama, it was really good. They don't have the athletes Alabama does. I think they want to either get up on Texas or force Texas into having a slow start. The only way to do that is for you to have a faster start. You can't just decide to to, to line up against Texas and play mano a mano. It's not going to work that way. Agreed. That yeah. would not be smart of them. It's not a, you can't arm wrestle with this team. They'll, no. they'll, they'll beat you. No. Okay, so uh, we'll get more on that. Brad will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. You heard in the headlines, the Bears uh, on the day bit Dick Butkus died, Bears. sadly. Stepped up and played and won their first game in almost a year. And how about the Washington Commanders? Not only did they let one guy completely wreck the game. I mean, one Justin Fields dude. was good, but he threw for 280 yards. 230 of them went to D.J. Moore. You've got if you're Ron Rivera, you've got to be able to do something to stop that. It's not like it's not like Texas where you have a which weapon is is, he, is Quinn going to go to this time? They had one dude, one dude wreck you after the game. Mm-hmm. 
Magic Johnson, big Magic Johnson, who is now part owner of the Washington Commanders. Remember, he was mm-hmm. part of the group to mm-hmm. buy this team. He ripped he ripped into them, said they played with no intensity, no fire, didn't show up to play. It's never good, Rod. No, he's right. Now, to your point about Ron Rivera, I don't even know who the defensive coordinator is there, but Ron Rivera is a defensive That's mind. That's him. He was my defensive coordinator when I was with the Bears. So he's a defensive guy. So he should be able to look at it and diagnose and go, all right, you know what, DJ Moore is hurting us. Let's make these simple adjustments. Rotate, coverage, bracket them, whatever it is. Of the 230 yards that DJ Moore gained uh, on rece- uh, receiving last night, 221 of the 230 were on two routes. Yes. Hitch route and go route. That's it. They didn't and the yards elaborate after catch on the route ridiculous. tree. He ran just a hitch, which is the one, one, and he ran what they call a nine route. That's a nine on the route tree. They're all numbered. One route and a nine route. And they can stop two routes. And those are the easiest routes to stop because one is just a hitch. He just runs five yards, turns around, and the other is a nine where you run straight down the field to a deep ball. Those are the two easiest routes to defend. You can defend those two. That's bad. That's, just put one guy underneath and one guy over the top. Defend it. Rod, Done. did you catch your breath? When? You're, you came in huffing and puffing. Uh, yeah, no, he's right. doing an interview, man. He yeah, ran down the hall. And I ran, and I ran, and I ran up the stairs. Oh, oh, you, oh, you, oh, you went, went down downstairs? downstairs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we were yelling and screaming in the hallway. People got businesses in there. Yeah. It was like uh, yeah. law offices and stuff. There were people coming out. Well, and here's Magic Johnson. About. He said, we didn't compete in the first half. We got down 27-3, to three, get into halftime. Too big of a hole to climb out of. Well, that's the thing. Crazy. Like Washington came back in the game. If you were watching, I mean, if you turned it off at 27-3, they got it back to 30-20. to and there was a chance to get a touchdown for Sam Howell late, and he turned the ball over, and then they missed a field goal that would have made it a one-score game in the fourth quarter. And then, guess what, Rod? Hitch route. Hitch, hitch route. route. I know. To the house. Like a hitch route. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, you can just tackle it, by the way. You let him catch it? Fine. Tackle him. Yeah, this is it was like nothing <laughs> elaborate. It was like nothing like, no. uh, you know. No, some brilliant scheme where they schemed <laughs> no. him open. It was like, no. They, they didn't run short motion and get him open like Mike McDaniel. No, he just ran a hitch route and a nine route and got 220 yards received. Well, I mean, you can look it up. The yards after catch had to have been, of the 230, I, I mean, well over 150 had to have been that's yak crazy. yards. I can't believe that's a real stat. That came from Next Gents, by the way. So that's official, official. That's bad news. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, Magic Johnson. Big Magic Johnson's big not real Magic happy with Johnson. that. Coming back, we go behind the big burn orange curtain. We'll also get off the record before the end of the hour on this National Coaches Day. Props to all the coaches out there. Coaches are teachers, and there are so many great ones out there love impacting them. young people in all walks, and we love the coaches out there on National Coaches Day. We're coming. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin. Texas Sports, the Horn. Going behind the BOC here coming up, also off the record before the top of the hour. We are halfway through, halfway home. Our five-hour extravaganza, five hours a day, five days a week. Bottom of the 8 o'clock hour would be our halfway point. We're at the turn, Rod, and we're looking forward to one of the best uh, football and sports weekends in the state of Texas in a long, long time. Hard to uh, find uh, any fault with this one, man. Get your... Get your head on a swivel and get your TVs ready, or if you're going to games, have your phone ready because you've got Texas OU rolling right into Texas A&M, Alabama, 
rolling uh, into the baseball with the Astros and Rangers. So if you're going to keep an eye on those, Astros at 345, Rangers are at noon tomorrow. Uh, so you got huge ba- also up in Waco, Baylor and Texas Tech, and kind of a that's sexy uh, too. You know, both teams are under five hundred, but the winner gets back to five hundred. It's the Joey McGuire v. Dave Aranda. Of course, those were the two f- top candidates for that Baylor job. Um, you know, there's some subplots there. Uh, then, of course, and then the baseball rod. The Astros and Rangers both play Saturday and Sunday, so they'll play two quick games at home. Astros will be playing the primetime game while the while the Cowboys are playing the Niners. The Astros will be playing the Twins in Game Two. That's a night game. As the National League will take Sunday off, it'll be all American League. So you got the baseball, the football, then of course to the NFL on Sunday. Rod, uh, Texans and Falcons at uh, noon, and that rolls right into the Cowboys and Niners that night. Mm. And you got to get up early to see the NFL if you want to see a pretty darn good game. I think both Jacksonville plays Buffalo in London at eight thirty in the morning on Sunday. Oh, that should be a good game. Yeah, it should be. I mean, (sighs) Buffalo's playing great. Jacksonville's not, but they're one assumed to be one of the better teams in the AFC. They have not played that way. It should just be a matter of time. They got too much talent. They added more talent with Calvin Ridley this year. I know. So already stacked. Their their offense just looks discombobulated. There, because I have Jacks. I have I've had Trevor Lawrence as my fantasy quarterback. He Mm. hasn't thrown more than one touchdown pass in any game. You were big on Trevor. You thought he might be an MVP. There were a lot of people picking him as the because he had the weapons. Right, he had so many touchdowns last year to Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, and now you had Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram. It's just been out of sorts. And Buffalo has the number one pass defense in the league. Rod, they held the Dolphins without a touchdown pass. They held two without a touchdown pass last week. That was pretty darn impressive. That's really impressive. Yes. Uh, but Tredavious White, their their star corner, got hurt in that game, and he's going to be out. Unfortunately, they're used to him being out because he was out right last about, year too. You're right about they, that. So they have a contingency plan in place, I'm sure. I'd also say this: that the Dolphins, after not throwing a touchdown pass, play the New York Giants. Oh, that ain't going to be good. Like the New York Giants for the whole season, Rod have like three sacks. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. And is is Wink, it Wink, Wink Martindale, right? Three sacks. Yeah, I'll say Wink gets after the QB I think too. Tua gets busy on Sunday. <laughs> Tua gets busy. Oh, man. Tua's about uh, to get down. Uh, all these games have cool stuff. Plus, Jacksonville, Buffalo uh, in London, Buffalo, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. If Baltimore goes into Pittsburgh and wins that game, look out, because Pittsburgh's already 2-2. Two and two. Man, Baltimore so... takes control of that division. With the Joe Burrow situation in Cincinnati and Cleveland mm. with their situation, Baltimore can be in firm control of the, the AFC The North. Pittsburgh offense, I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but Mike Tomlin, he's got to make a move. He. I don't know when he's going to move on from Matt Canada or, you know, demote him or whatever. But remember I gave you the stat yesterday that over 40% of their plays have gained a gained less than a yard. Haven't even gained a yard. That's, that's crazy. Like, that's Matt. That's all Matt Canada. I don't know what. They have better what players than that. They do. And Mike Tom's got to do something, man. They, they, I think they might have the worst offense in the league. Is there one worse than than the Steelers? Is that no, the worst offense in the I league? I don't think there is. Well, the Giants. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> You, you, I think you just, yep, you're right. I think the Giants may be worse than them, but over yeah, over 40% of the offensive plays run by the Pittsburgh Steelers this season did not earn a single yard. That is that is fireable long, yes. long ago. Come on. Uh, also on Sunday of, of note, Philadelphia's at the Rams. I'm interested in that game because Philadelphia is 4-0, and the Cowboys will be watching that. The Rams get Cooper cut back, and they have this Puka Nakua. Mm. And the Eagles, if they have a weakness, it's their secondary. Matt that Stafford could have a big game. Stafford's balling this year, balling. too. It's like he's finally like healthy, and he doesn't have all the weapons around him that he used to, but when he's healthy, he's made, he can make all the throws. Yes, he can, and, and like a dart, man. Yeah. Uh, still elite arm talent. That's why he was the first pick of the draft out of mm-hmm. Georgia. Also, it's the what was supposed to be the Aaron Rodgers 
Nathaniel Hackett revenge game with Denver, oh, but not sexy anymore. Now it's just a game with Denver mm. and the Jets. They both aren't very good. But uh, you know what? The Denver Broncos defense is terrible. You gave us that stat, so maybe Zach Wilson guts off and keeps building on what he did against the Chiefs, even in a loss last Sunday night. Yeah, teams are completing eighty percent of their passes. I think seventy nine point five percent of their passes. Garrett Wilson's not going to sleep tonight versus the Broncos. Yeah, that's or crazy. Saturday night. Uh, so yeah, that is that game, and of course the Cowboys and Niners. We'll preview that heavily coming up uh, before the end of our program. But right now, let's go behind that burnt orange curtain. It's Texas OU, and they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. A lot of talk about what the offensive game plan is going to be for Texas. How do you attack the Oklahoma defense? And I I think he, actually Sarkin, you mentioned that he can go either way. He really could. He could decide to go with a power running game to start things off and, and, and really unlock the Oklahoma defense that way. Or he could open things up with the passing game and close the running game, which is – been the tendency this year is to open it up and with the passing game and then once you have control of the game then you just use that physical offensive line to just impose your will and make them submit essentially is what he did in multiple games this year and so Sark uh, was talking to the media yesterday spoke to the media and he was asked about the running game he was asked about the the way that you know Texas plans on um, you know, attacking Oklahoma and about that Oklahoma rush defense. Here's what Sark had to say about the OU run defense. Um, well, I think one, it starts with their scheme. Uh, you know, Coach Venable does a really nice job of of, of scheming. Um, they they do a really good job of moving their front. Uh, you know, they they slant, they stunt, they move, and they've got really heady linebackers. You know, um, but both their inside backers have a good feel for how to fit runs predicated on. Uh, the fronts that they have called and the movements that they have called. Um, and then in the back end, they've got good speed at the safety spot. And, and those guys, if a run does get out, they have the speed and the ability to get the runner on the ground so that, that he can't, you know, go score on the long touchdown run. So I think it's a multitude of things. Um, so yeah, they're good for sure. Uh, like what you said about them slanting and stunning and moving, they're not as you know. Texas defense line is big; it's about mass. I mean, they got girth on the defensive line. Three hundred and sixty pound Tavondre yeah. Sweat. So Oklahoma's not there yet, and they're not as big as Texas. So they use their speed, um, and they do a lot. They, have, they move around a lot, hoping to penetrate into the backfield, make plays in the backfield. I think they're going to up that. Uh, up the ante with that philosophy versus Texas. I think you're going to see them run blitz on some early downs, too. They got a really good linebacker, capable, solid linebacker play. I think they're going to blitz, run blitz early on, too, to try to shoot some of those gaps and make some plays in the backfield against the Texas run game. Because once the Texas run game gets going downhill mm-hmm. behind that mammoth offensive line, it's really tough to stop. Hell, Bama had a tough time stopping it once he got rolling downhill. The key to stopping the Texas run game is to not let them get going downhill on you you got to kind of hit them in the backfield a little bit more. Um, and I think that's what uh, Oklahoma's going to try to do, try to reset the line of scrimmage, try to knife in and make more plays in the backfield. That's going to be on the Texas offensive line to to hold up um, at the point of but attack. You can, but you as an offense can take advantage of that if, you can. if you're, you're prepped for it, right? Yep. You can. You can get them out of position. Get them out of position. They'll be out of position. You, so you can run, you know, counters, other creative run concepts. So, you know, basically and work Texas against them. Texas does pull a lot of offensive linemen. They do. They pull a lot of guards, which also, if I'm, you know, run blitzing, that helps me. Yes. So I, can, I know what gaps I can shoot, and I can shoot those gaps. And if I can get in the backfield before the play develops, I can force a negative play and get Texas behind the chains. Uh, here is Sark talking about, though, that chemistry in the run game, which, by the way, has 
been explosive as of lately. You're talking about one of the best run games in the country with Jonathan Brooks now claiming that spot, even though Sark has not officially given it to him. Uh, claiming that spot is his own. Here's Sark talking about the Texas uh, run game and the chemistry so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the chemistry starts with um, trust in that the offensive line starts to get belief and trust in the runner that he's going to hit these runs where they're supposed to go. And then there's trust and belief in the runner that the offensive line is going to block these runs in a way that he can hit these runs where they're supposed to go. And, you know, I think that chemistry, quite frankly, starts with the coaches, you know, and I, and I think about coach flood and coach banks with the, with the O line and the tight ends and that chemistry with coach choice and, and tying all that together, we, we've got great staff rapport. Um, these guys have a lot of fun together. They work hard together. But I think that that bleeds into the players' rapport with one another, too. They feel that. They feel when coaches are are working well together and tied together and, and communicating on the same page. And um, I think it, it all plays a part to, hey, this thing's going to work, and here's why. And when it doesn't, okay, this is what's got to get fixed and we'll get it fixed quickly and and we'll probably come back to it later in the game. Uh, there you go. Talking about the chemistry in the run game, how multifaceted, multifactorial it is, right? Offensive line, running back, you want to make sure that he's hitting, he's patient enough to let the blocks get into place. That's what I like about Jonathan Brooks' game. He's a patient runner. Uh, also like his balance at the next level. Once those blocks get into place, he can accelerate to the next level. And once he's at the second phase, that's when his balance uh, really uh, is showcased because it's hard to bring him down with ankle tackles. You better have a solid, sturdy tackle on Jonathan Brooks, <laughs> grab, uh, hold on, hang on for help, uh, that kind of tackle, because uh, he's really doing a good job of uh, breaking tackles at the second level. And sometimes he's not even touched at the second level. We've seen one run where he just got he got through clean. Nobody touched him. Uh, that's a credit to the offensive line, too. Yeah, they should have the big advantage. Uh, Jerry Hamilton said that last hour, the, the big humans up front, this is their chance. And I think that is the key, right? Sark is in year three of this rebuild, and they've built on the offensive line, obviously skill players, too. But... You know, that's been the issue at Texas. That's why Oklahoma's mm-hmm. dominated this series and dominated the Big 12. And Texas has fallen off since 2010. If you just look directly at the offensive and defensive line, certainly offensive line, it's been a sore spot for Texas. Uh, now it's a strength mm-hmm. and uh, an emerging strength uh, for Texas. And it's just gotten better as the years gone on. That's where you hear Sark talking about chemistry. I think that's important, right? They, they were a little discombobulated against Rice in game one, which can be expected. Especially if you see a defense you hadn't expected. Uh, communication was poor. Uh, got better against Alabama, even especially in the fourth quarter. And then they've just carried that into the Wyoming game where Jonathan Brooks had a huge game. Baylor and then Kansas. And I, I expect to see that. You know, when things get, get uh, highly emotional and, uh, you know, the crowd's going crazy, just run the ball. Just line up. That's a great way to calm everybody calm down. Calm everybody yeah, down. If you're, even if your quarterback's freaking out a little bit, passing games not working, you can just run the football, simplify everything. And we know win of the rushing battle since 1999, 21-2-1. 29 2 21-2-1. That's, that's a big number. 21-2-1. Yes, it's, not, it's a big number. It's and I love obvious. your breakdowns of the uh, the six offensive line package they can go to with Malik Agbo. Mm-hmm. But then that can create big plays in your passing game, if you've yes, pointed out many times, because not only do you get – you know the run game going, so they're fearful. They got to match you heavy, pat heavy personnel. The offensive line can hold up longer with an extra O lineman and protections. So you can run longer routes, right? You can get yep. down the field to an Xavier Worthy or an Ad mm-hmm. Mitchell or a JT Sanders, and that's that's why I love the, to hear that JT Sanders is is ready to go and good to go according to Sark. 
because he's the guy that never has to come off the field in any of these groupings, Rod. He's always on the field. He yes. doesn't have to leave, and yep. he just makes a problem, whether you're going spread or you're going jumbo. Number zero is always there. It's a matchup nightmare. Yeah. Yes. So he's ready to go. I wonder if his, his lateral quickness may not be as explosive. It's just what the way ankle injuries work or whatever it is. And all you got to do is tweak that. And all you got to do is tweak that. Exactly. And trust me, Oklahoma, they're not playing dirty, but – Football. When he gets tackled, yeah, exactly. When he gets tackled, there'll be a little emphasis on that's, ugh, that little twist of the, the leg and trying to bring him down. Or that's just the way football works. So don't be mad at that. But that will be they're going to test whether his ankle is durable sure, enough to, to make it through the game. And I wonder if it is. That's why I think he's going to start. I don't know if he'll necessarily finish the game because they use him early on and that ankle swells up. Ankles swell up like anything throughout that game. And early on, his probably will be at his best in the first quarter. That's why I wonder if Sark will use him then. That's right. Well, he had two yeah. touchdowns in this game a year ago and mm-hmm. was uncoverable for them. He is that X factor. All right, we'll come back. We'll go off the record, including uh, a report in the NFL, Rod, that there's an NFL team looking for a number one receiver via trade. Looking for a top-end receiver. We'll tell you who that is. Also, uh, oh no, do we have another Taylor Swift update? Yes, we do. No. Off the record, coming next. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get Dave Brady and Cole. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Yeah, we always do it live. It's off the record with you. Stories uh, maybe you've missed, but you need to know, including there's a $1.4 billion Powerball lottery drawing tonight. $1.4 bill, That's ride. crazy, man. $1.4 billion. With a B. With a B. Billions billion. and billions of dollars. A lot of straight cash. Speaking of billions, people are tired of Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. but let me give you this. You know the heiress tour she just did, that heiress tour deal? Oh, we got some, some revenue figures on this thing? Over a billion dollars. Damn. Over a billion dollars generated. And the new mm, co- the, mm-hmm. and I've told you this, but one of the uh, the things linking this whole marketing PR machine with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey is people will say, well, why would Taylor Swift? What would she need the headlines for? So the Eras Tour is becoming a concert she's film. Got, she's got a movie coming out, child. And the tour, the Eras no. Tour concert film, has already made over a hundred million dollars in advance ticket sales. She's got, a, she's got a movie coming out. She needs to promote it. Swifties, a hundred million. Yeah. Cash, homie. A billion mm-hmm. in tour ticket sales, and now the movie about the film tour, a hundred million in advanced sales helps to stay relevant when you got a movie coming out. That's why you see a lot of celebrities they go on talk shows, and then they do all this so this media, these media circuits and stuff. When they have the movie coming out, boom, she just goes into the box with Travis Kelsey's yeah. mom. And that, by the way, this is not even that's that's not even part of my conspiracy theory because mine goes a little deeper than that. But that is just that's money. That's that's why people believe. Yeah, it could be a marketing ploy, marketing. Well, you campaign. need to share yours with me. What's your What's your theory? Oh, well, like- I'll get into it in Rod's rant. It's, it's a little in depth. It's actually okay. you know we got to go a little rabbit. I went rabbit hole in a little bit, so it's a little in it's in depth. We'll save that for the bye week next week. Mm, or we could could, do but I don't know if she'll be relevant then. They might be broken up by then. You do by story- Monday? You got to do stories when stories are relevant. Yeah, you got to do stuff, stuff that's relevant, then it's not relevant anymore. Okay. You're like, damn, I did all this okay. research for nothing. Okay. Yeah, so we'll do it later on. I think Taylor's supposed to be relevant next Tuesday. I'm just going to go on a guess on that. Well, her and well, Travis Kelsey? Yeah, I think they'll still be together. Well, or, they or may be. Or faking being together. But right now, they're at like the zenith, like the peak. Well, they'll do that next hour. You know I mean? Everybody's talking about it right now. All right, what else yeah. do you have? In, uh, off the record, Rod. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, how about this? So, off the record, this is actually not off the record, off the record, but it's a it's a mind blowing uh, nugget here. So, Alabama and and M playing this weekend. Alabama, at least they were. I gotta go look at the line today and see what it is. Yesterday they were a one and a half point favorite at unranked Texas A and M. Yep. This Alabama, the last game they were considered. Uh, a fewer than a 10-point favorite versus an unranked team, October 2014. And the last time Alabama was considered fewer than a three-point favorite versus an unranked team, September of 2007. That was the last time Alabama was... That was, that was Nick Saban's first year, or even pre-Nick Saban. Yeah, exactly. Is oh. it, we have Nick Saban foot, football, in terms of Alabama football, has not been here in a really long time. Tom versus an unranked one. Now... The Aggies are not your usual unranked opponent. It's true. Hey, off the record, mm-hmm. you know the uh, ring video camera, door camera people? Yeah. Uh, they they will pay mm-hmm. you a million dollars if your ring doorbell cam catches footage of an alien. Well, <laughs> well of course bucks. they will. You make more than that. You'll make more than that if you get an alien on your ring doorbell footage, uh, camera footage. Come on. Of course. They just want you to, you know, they want their their customers to be <laughs> analyzing it because to, to see the alien, you're gonna have to be studying it. You can't just, you know, not how often do you check your ring camera? Not I, very I often. Don't, I don't have one. I need I need to get one actually. I do have one. You got one? Yeah, I told you my Does son. It come Nolan, in handy? We first got it. We moved in, and my son mooned me on it because I used to get <laughs> I used to get alerts on my phone when someone was at our door. So I I'm sitting here on the show, and there's Nolan mooning me in my ring camera. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So if you have an alien. Uh, mm. Like a, a, a an unidentified alien mm-hmm. from another, those little ET looking things we found in Mexico. Oh, apparently they <laughs> ch- checked out. No, they were not. They were not man made. So they were not man made. Hey, million bucks. Aliens. Well, you know when a I say that, some knucklehead's going to go orchestrate this, try to win himself a million dollars. And how do you authenticate it? I don't know. That's right. That's yeah. The how do you, you know what I mean? I yeah, need that's to, free how do I get my million dollars? That's what I'm saying. If the alien is on there, you got to authenticate that stuff. You know, people will make make stuff up. Hey, man, there are congressional hearings now in multiple countries about UFOs and unidentified, you know, uh, aerial phenomenon. A, yeah, isn't that, isn't that what the new term is? UAPs. Aerial phenomenon. I think it's you know who unidentified in, aerial phenomenon. You know UAPs. who believes that he saw a UFO? Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Yep. And he his wife. Right here in Central Texas. Right over Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. He was driving when he was like, that's it. And you know what? I respect Baker for saying that, for speaking out. He's like, no, I actually saw something. And you know what? It probably was an unidentified aerial phenomenon because he just didn't know what it was. That's UFOs happen all the time. Now, whether that's extraterrestrial is a different conversation. He'll be the celebrity guest picker tomorrow on game day, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, you know, I don't mind that, but, yeah, I guess, yeah, he, he's good. He's better for controversy, though. Baker will give you a... He'll give you some lines. He'll talk some trash. Smack talk. Oh, yes. I, I like Matthew McConaughey better, but Matthew don't smack talk that much. He's not trash talking. No. Baker will just straight up Baker, disrespect Oh, man, Texas. he'll plant the flag. Yeah, the whole <laughs> Texas fans will be all mad. And that's what they need. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, can't wait to see he and uh, Pat McAfee go Ooh. at it a little bit. Uh, him and VY were hanging out at Canes. You saw that? Kicking it at Raising Canes. Who? V.Y. Mac- Baker Mayfield. Oh, I didn't see that. They like literally had like I think they were both. I don't know. I guess they're endorsing Canes and nice. raising Canes, and they both sat there and ate a meal and I don't know, took some orders and kicked it. 
I've never eaten canes before in my life, actually. Uh, they brought it to the station before when they first were opening up restaurants here, and it's pretty good. I take that the back. Sauce I, th- is really I think good. Craig, Craig on a road trip, we ate canes. You would like Craig that. one time, actually. So I take that back. It was a long time ago, though. Speaking of people making stuff up, Rod, you know, like because they'll make up that we found this alien in our ring camera. <laughs> Guy in Spain has been arrested after he faked a heart attack to get out of paying a bill at a restaurant. Okay. 50 year old. But he's Come done on. it now at least 20 times. Oh. He's going to jail for 42 days. That's <laughs> like he, a stands a bit, right? On Fred, <laughs> Fred Sanford? I'm coming. <laughs> like, really? This guy's committed to the bit. I would love to see footage of his fake heart attacks now to see how oh, realistic yeah. they are. Because now he's probably got a whole routine where he falls out of the chair, drops, you know, breaks a glass. You know what I mean? He's got, and, and, and whoever's with him, they got to go along with the bit. You got to bring along, like, somebody's on with the hustle. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I bet he's. I bet he might be a good actor if he's gotten away with it this many times. Yeah, it took to the forty, took to the to like the twentieth time, to, to for them to realize. Wait, wait, he's not actually having a heart attack. Because somebody's having a heart attack, you have to take it seriously. You can't. Got to. You definitely not worried about them paying the bill. You're like, oh no, forget oh, about that bill. Get the ambulance. <laughs> so they probably order a lot. But like I'm assuming he never and... called nine one one. He just like had his wife say. Let's get into the hospital. Man. Give me some aspirin. Not dying and dash. Dying and death. It's, that's even better. <laughs> that's a cheap skate right there. Oh, that's pretty good. Hey, thinking outside the box, man. Yeah, give him credit for that. We'll First time. We'll get Rod's rant coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Maybe it's that Taylor Swift deep dive. Who can't, uh, can't wait for that? Also, the uh, Texas-Oklahoma game is closing in. Rod, it is uh, 8.58. And OU forever sucks. Okay.